This is Sean Heath, and I'm here with the Vice President of Marketing with the Dynamic Air Quality Solutions, Rob Goodfellow. How are you today, Rob? I'm fine, Sean. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. You know, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to ask you some questions today about air quality because I have allergies, pollen and ragweed, and my kids unfortunately inherited that too. And I know that Dynamic Air Quality Solutions has two arms that you focus on. You you have the residential side and you have the commercial side. And I'd like to start by asking, first off, how long have you been with the company? How long have you been in this industry? 14 years with this company and over 30 in the industry. So was there some specific reason that led you into this industry or was it just you just kind of grew into the job? I just kind of grew into it. I'm in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and I'd spent a number of years with Ream Air Conditioning Company and Dynamic Air Quality Solutions was a supplier of mine when I was a marketing manager at Ream and things kind of progressed from there. You know, that's really interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the residential side. Sure. Now, residential, I'm assuming I'm building a new house and I want to put in a unit to make this house as comfortable as I can for my kids. Is that something that I would come through Dynamic Air Quality Solutions for? Where in the process would you jump into the the situation? We would be an indoor air quality solution that would typically be recommended to you by your heating and air conditioning contract. And our products are available through many of the OEMs like Ream and Train and Lennox and Water Furnace, Entertech, some of the geothermal companies. On the residential side, we have a one-inch polarized media electronic air cleaner, which slides right into the existing filter tracks. So although new construction would be good, most of our business opportunities are on the retrofit side. When a technician would come out to your home and inspect your system, see that there's a lot of dirt in the system, ask if people have allergies, and you're not alone. It's like 50% of people have some kind of allergies these days because our homes are tighter. And so most of the, the business opportunities that we see come through contractors when they're making suggestions to homeowners that it's an air cleaning equipment that can be easily installed without transitioning in a big box and, and making expensive changes to your duct system. Now, when we're talking about these filters, I'm assuming these filters are a little more advanced than the ones I would go down and pick up at my local home supply. I mean, we're talking submicron particles that are being filtered out, right? That's correct. Yes. It's an electronic air cleaner and it, it loads instead of just face loading like your typical hardware store filter, it'll load throughout the depth of the one inch media pad, which is polarized. So if the really small submicron particles pass through it the first time, they become polarized. They're sticky, if you will, and they agglomerate to other polarized particles and they become bigger and they collect on subsequent passes. So over the a period of a couple of weeks, it'll clean the space, eliminating a lot of the, obviously the big stuff, but also the respirable particles that create those allergies that people breathe in and cause allergic reactions. Now we've talked about residential and I would imagine that the difference between residential air cleaning and commercial air quality, probably not the same ballpark. Is commercial an exponentially more complex issue? It's just a different issue. The residential business is driven by more like allergies and home comfort and trying to keep the air inside your home clean. The commercial business is driven by energy savings. And commercial buildings were guilty of the same thing as residential buildings 
50 years ago, they just used filters to keep the equipment clean and really didn't care about the air quality. But with the advances in filtration, the higher the MERV rating you get in a commercial filter, the higher the static pressure uh, becomes and the more fan energy it takes to push air through that filter. And most of the energy consumption in a commercial building is related to the HVAC system and pushing air through that building. So our air cleaners on the commercial side of our business, they're inherently lower static pressure than a MERV 13 or MERV 14 passive filter, which would offer not quite as good a performance as a dynamic air cleaner, which is MERV 15 performance. But fan energy would be two-thirds less fan energy for a MERV 15 dynamic air cleaner than it would for a, a MERV 14 cartridge or bag filter which is what you typically find in a, say, a commercial office building. Do hospitals fall under commercial? They do. We do a number of healthcare facilities, although healthcare facilities have their own codes. Our air cleaners are not surgical suite grade. That's typically like a HEPA air cleaning system. But we do a lot of healthcare facilities where we're actually cleaning incoming air through their ventilation system. Most healthcare facilities use a lot of outdoor ventilation air. And often the incoming air ducts are located in proximity to ambulance bays where you have ambulances idling. So you get engine exhaust or they're pulling in cigarette smoke from outdoor smoking area or uh, the helipad where you've got jet engine exhaust from from helicopters where those are being pulled into the the hospital. And we do a real good job with removing those kind of contaminants from, from the air also. Is this industry modular enough to be able to to stay current with technological trends? Yes. I mean, the whole filtration industry, we're not sure what the uberization is going to be for air filtration, but certainly as an energy conservation measure, air filtration is right up there with lighting. Several years ago, companies started taking energy conservation measures and replacing all of their old light bulbs with LED lights because they could save an enormous amount of money on energy. And air filtration is very similar to that. It's another one of the low-hanging fruit for energy conservation. And that applies to all different segments. If it's a data center or a hospital or a school, you know, it really, it really doesn't matter what type of building it is. Now, I do know that you guys are a member of all sorts of associations. You've got tons of awards that you <clears throat> you go to, you know, expos around the country. I know that you guys do that. Do you have a specific eye towards being considered part of a green installation? Oh, absolutely. As far as sustainable green design, those are typically MERV 13 or better air quality. So indoor environmental quality figures into green design. That's a big component. And we're one of several ways to do that. But if you go with a traditional filter that's high performance, MERV 13 or MERV 14, the trade-off there is your fan energy cost. And so we're very sustainable in that you're reducing your fan energy for years to come. As far as being a company that that has an eye towards being part of a green sort of effort, you're able to use less energy through less fan horsepower, but also you're able to reduce waste because your maintenance intervals are so much longer. So I'm putting in filters less frequently, which means I'm generating less dirty filters. And I think that all probably goes into your reputation as a company that is a member of the U.S. Green Building Council. And I I know something that you guys are really, uh, really taking seriously you're very proud of that that's right that's right 
Yep, we've been uh, we've been part of the lead movement for many years, and we're fortunate to be very involved with all the, the green building design initiatives. There is another aspect to it, and that's odors and and VOCs, which we do address also, which traditional filters do not. So, because of the way the polarized media air cleaners operate, they dramatically reduce odors and VOCs in the air. And then we have other products like an activated carbon matrix system, which are geared specifically to gas phase contaminants. And we use those in museums where it's uh, critical applications or in clean manufacturing where you can't have any kind of outdoor air with any kinds of contaminants or wastewater treatment facilities. I mean, so that stuff gets really uh, heavy duty. I find it fascinating because you mentioned museums and I'm a huge fan of museums. And when you mentioned the carbon systems, I was thinking, oh, that's right. You have to take special care of the air quality within a museum. I'm a huge fan of the architect, Frank Geary, and he designed the Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao, which I have had the pleasure of getting to go to a few times. And there are some museums you can go to in in Europe, the Prado in Madrid or the National Museum in London. And there's a huge difference when you've been in an office building all week and then you're one day off. Hey, let's go to the museum. And the air is just crystal clear. And you think, why have I been breathing that garbage in my office building all week? This building is just pristine. The air is fantastic. Oh, I have an interesting I have an interesting museum anecdotal story too. We uh we did the Barnes Foundation Museum in downtown Philadelphia and uh that's uh purportedly the world's most expensive art collection in that building. And in about any city that you're in, any metropolitan area today, the air outdoors is worse than the air indoors and so you're bringing in outdoor ventilation air, you're bringing in automobile exhaust and, and typically things like that. So the Barnes Foundation was very concerned. So they put in our V8 air cleaning systems, which is MERV 15 performance and ultrafine particles, odors and VOCs. And they also put in our activated carbon matrix system, which is a ceramic carbon-based system. And that's the industrial gas phase contaminants. And so with that stuff, you can replace it periodically. But the first time you replace it, you really don't know how long it's going to last. We projected it was going to be two years. And uh, after a year, they took a core sample and analyzed it, and it was almost full. Carbon is like a sponge is with water. Once it's full, it's full, and it won't adsorb anymore. So uh, it was full, and they were trying to figure out what it was, and it was uh, hydrogen sulfide. It turned out that there was a Whole Foods across the street, and it was the dumpsters where the Whole Foods was putting all their produce that was rotting, and that was entraining into the museum, and that was what was loading up the carbon. Number one, gross. And number two, number two, that is absolutely fascinating. Rob, really, I thank you so much for for taking time today. It's no problem at all, Sean. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate it.